Hi, I am Kamalini Roy, a growth acceleration coach for entrepreneurs. I'm on a mission to help thousands of entrepreneurs achieve their most ambitious goal, create massive wealth, but more importantly, live a life of fulfillment. Welcome to my successful entrepreneurs podcast. This podcast will bring to you many simple success stories, success tips from successful entrepreneurs. And here we will discuss ways to become successful, which you as an entrepreneur and as a leader can implement quite easily. And if this is what you would like to hear to make your business profitable through simple ways, then go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you can stay tuned in for all the success talks given by successful entrepreneurs. And please do remember to bring your journal and pen to take down notes. I promise you, there will be lots and lots of notes to take. So here we go. Let's start. Hi, Amit. I'm so excited to have you here today on my podcast chat. And uh, thank you very much for accepting my invitation. I know you're very, very busy and I really appreciate the time that you are giving to me today. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure to join you for this morning. I think it's a beautiful morning out here in Mumbai. And uh, don't talk about me being busy. Always happy to come on uh, such lovely podcasts and uh, such a lovely host. Thank you for having me over. Amit has been a CFO who has raised more than $30 million, which was one of the highest Series A fund raised in 2015. He is a serial entrepreneur. He knows management consulting, B2B e-commerce, investment platform, and is now an aspiring angel and VC fund. So for all you startups who are looking to raise funds, if you think you're good enough, Amit is the person to go to. He has been an investor. He is an investor. And he's spearheading investments at a company with a portfolio of more than 55 startups and personal investments in more than 10 companies. So he puts his money where his mouth is and where his head is. His skin is in the game and that is the best part. The best thing about being with Amit is he's a business scalability expert. And that is what every business needs today. They need somebody who can scale their business. Amit has scaled various businesses, not only for himself, but for many SMEs and startups. Share a little bit about your story with us. Great. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, the introduction is, is very long and thank you for a gracious one though. Uh, well, I, I qualified as a chartered accountant in the year uh, 2000. And for a couple of years, I was into management consulting and uh, working at a boutique management consulting firm in Mumbai. Uh, Mahajan and Aibara, uh, they are a very, very good firm. Uh, what happened after that, uh, two years down the line, I think the entrepreneurial bug uh, just bit me too early in life. And I just wanted to go ahead and explore the world uh, without any, uh, as I say, legacy or lineage. Uh, nobody in the family was a businessman or an entrepreneur. So over a period of time, we developed good expertise in about 10 years time in risk management, in uh, legal compliance, and more importantly, in corporate governance. So what we did we started building up clients uh, and we did not focus on small clients from the beginning. We just went for the big guys, uh, for Indian corporates, multinational companies. Although we were starters, but as I said, entrepreneurship is all about being adventurous. And that is what I typically did. I just went and knocked the door. So 
uh, the story that i want to share with you and with all aspiring entrepreneurs or even with entrepreneurs as well is that you have to be extremely passion passionate uh, you have to be persistent and you have to be extremely patient so uh, the, the, i love the three p's nowadays so these are the three p's i have i have for entrepreneurs so for the first contract the big one with a very large corporate in india i sat outside the cfo's office for 17 days and used to come like sometimes happens in in movies and government offices you see somebody is waiting outside but nobody is looking at you okay you are being offered a cup of tea uh, because you have you so called come and knocking the door in the 18th meeting he called and said me what do you want i said i want to do an x thing in your organization he said you have no experience i said but yes you see my persistence i have the qualifications i am i am building a small team and that is where we started by getting our first big management consulting contract in a very large corporate in india and uh, for the next 10 to 11 years we did not lose any contract from that company in fact we kept on adding all the contracts uh, in the country with retail companies so that is that is where my entrepreneurial journey began uh, so by 2013 14 uh, built a very good management consulting business uh, we were we were leaders in uh, retail audits in the country in legal compliance audits for large corporates and mncs in the country uh, but as you always know that do we really leave something at that point in time when you are at a high in life i think yes that is how it should be it should not be like in cricket it happens your performance is going down then you then the selectors tell you i think it's time to now you know let you go and then you have to go in a very very disappointing and a dismal fashion but i decided it's important in 10 11 years time that you should keep reinventing yourself and that is what i exactly did uh, a couple of friends of mine were doing a startup uh, i had never done a startup uh, in that in the technical and the strictest of sense although my own company was a startup way back in 2002 2003 but this was a different kind of a startup the startup scene in india was just coming alive uh, with with the flipkarts and 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 the snap deals of the world coming in so they were doing a b2b e-commerce company they told me initially to come in as a consultant to set up the processes and systems in the company and to make a business plan which they could present to the investors i thought okay that's a great beginning so i worked with them for about 3 months made the entire business plan carved out strategies wrote their business processes and systems made their organization chart whatever those nice corporate jargons that we all have we should be doing made it look like a corporate right from day one three years three months down the line they said that okay fair enough now you have made the business plan now you better go and present the same to the investors i was like really and how much are we planning to raise i said the first series a we are planning to raise is a 30 million dollars now coming from a coming from a humble background uh, working into management consulting 30 million dollars the first time we start converting 200 crores oh that is a lot of money that we are supposed to be raising and that too on an idea which is still on a powerpoint presentation and on a business plan which is on an excel sheet so fair enough okay adventure okay this this is my calling let me go so we started talking to people and i thought it will take ages to raise that money we started in august of 15 and on 30th of october 2015 we signed the shareholders agreement of 30 million dollars i think i don't want to talk about that journey between august and october because i don't remember which was a saturday which was a sunday which was a monday or tuesday we were talking strategizing uh, we had a nice roof in the office where we used to do all this uh well that is that is the first uh first 
stint, as I say, uh, where I figured out that what does thinking big mean? I think that is what you should be. If you cannot think big, you cannot execute big. And that is what, uh, what happened with me. In, in the two years that I spent with that particular startup, I think I always call it the zillion years of experience that I have with me of uh, knowing what to do, what not to do. Because unfortunately, in 2017, end of 2017, that startup wound up because of lack of funds. But yes, as I say, uh, if you are a part of a startup which has not done well or has, has typically folded up, I think you have more experience than people who have made a successful startup because you know what not to be doing in your next venture. Uh, after that, uh, for a couple of, uh, not a couple of years, about one, one and a half years, I helped a company, uh, a friend's company again. Uh, they were at a very minuscule turnover of about seven crore rupees. And they wanted to build up something in the SME consulting space. They wanted to build the Ernst & Young of uh, SME consulting. And from seven crores to about 25 crores, which is close to about three and a half, four million dollars, we reached that turnover in less than two years time. And uh, after that, the, the calling came when I wanted to be an investor myself. Uh, I also wanted to ensure that I help startups raise a lot of money. So again, uh, one thing that I want to you know, uh, tell your listeners and tell my listeners as well in this case is that if you have some good friends in your life, if you have good business partners in your life, that really helps you a lot. So again, two friends of mine, uh, they, they were running a very successful investment platform in India called Our Ventures. And uh, we, we had a lot of discussions about how we can scale it up, how we can make it big, how we can become an angel fund, a VC fund, because that is the natural progression from being an investment platform. Uh, so I joined them. And since the last couple of years, uh, spearheading investments there, uh, helping startups raise anywhere between one to ten million dollars. Uh, I think the journey has been fabulous. Uh, if the pandemic wouldn't have been there, we, we already would have been an angel fund last year. But yes, uh, I'm sure that this year, when the challenges are over, we are going to be getting on to becoming an angel fund. So a short and sweet journey uh, of mine to begin with as an entrepreneur. Lovely, Amit. What an inspiring story. Um, Thirty million dollars in 2015 was not a joke. Today, uh, you know, we see see it by the diamond dozen because capital is easy now. Capital is available now. There are so many people like you who are supporting raising capital and uh, loved your three P's of passion, persistence and patience. Um, you did say to think big and only then you can execute big. Now, in your journey, Amit, you would have seen enough startups who have raised funds and then failed. You, have, you would have seen enough startups who didn't raise any funds but still was successful. And um, I think it's a well-known fact that only 5% of startups actually live it through and become successful as businesses. Now, I wanted your thoughts on this. Bootstrapped companies, companies that we used to know traditionally before capital was easily available and companies that we know today, especially youngsters who, they, who feel that the first step to starting a business is raising capital. I wanted to know your thoughts on this fundraising and not fundraising. What are your ideas? And I'm asking you this question because you spoke about a company who raised $30 million but doesn't exist. So what is your advice to startups today? Uh, very interesting question. Now, whether whether to do or not to do is the question, as we as we always say. Now, in this case, uh, there is no cookie cutter answer to it. I'll tell you why. 
if you are in a sector which does not need uh, funds to grow then i think we have still companies which are unicorns and they have not raised any external capital right we in the current set of or scheme of things as well we have certain companies who have done that and they are profitable companies which means that their growth has been exponential not just organic or say a 20 30% but still they are extremely profitable so Could it you share really a few names amit Uh, I think Zerodha is one of them. Zerodha yes. is one of them. They have not raised any external capital, but they are extremely profitable in this case. And uh, they they say they have no plans of raising capital, and which is uh, which is phenomenal uh, given the current scheme of things, as I say. Now, uh, if you are in a specific sector or you are a specific company and you don't need that money, there is no point in doing that because when somebody funds you it comes with a lot of strings it does not come very open ended right and especially when you have raised a series a or a series b etc now uh, the the investors are not just sometimes pure financial investors they will also want to be strategic investors uh, they are going to be keeping a, a, a hawk's eye on what you are really doing uh, you may not be able to take a lot of free decisions or a lot of decisions without intervention i think that is something that startups should keep in mind and when you talk about the 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 startup guys who are nowadays only looking at the first step as cap raising capital and then going ahead and building a company i think i have a simple advice for them i think what you should be looking at is value creation and then the valuation will follow i think that is what you should always remember that you should build businesses which are solid there's a solid product there's amazing potential and more importantly that people need that some product or service of yours which means that you need to show people that this is something that is required and you are delivering that particular product maybe making their life easier making their life productive giving them options in life and when your customers see that value your valuation will go up automatically now coming to the fact that why you should be raising capital and why people are raising capital forget about the fact that what is the timing of it they are raising capital because some businesses they require capital for exponential growth it sometimes it is not just possible let us look at simple example which all of us are d2c or b2c businesses which are e-commerce businesses they are all mass businesses unless and until you reach that critical mass or you change the habit of the customer there is not a possibility that the business can grow and we have seen it and whether it is whether it is a uber whether it is a flipkart whether it is amazon all these companies which are dealing with customers directly and trying to change the habit imagine 5 years ago will you be sitting home during a pandemic and ordering everything where you need not step out of your house it is just not possible in fact uh, i i recall day before yesterday when i was paying my electricity bills okay on the internet and i was thinking imagine if this was like 10 years ago and the pandemic would have struck us what would have happened you know either either somebody from the family my dad or me will be standing in the queue and really paying electricity bills how difficult would that be so when you are building scalable businesses it is combined with or backed by technology and it is consumer based you will need that kind of business or some some people may argue okay what about b2b businesses saas businesses enterprise businesses well what has really happened in in the 2015 onwards 16 onwards that people are only thinking big and fast and so are the corporates also thinking you know the examples are clear cut why would uh, why would tata go and buy uh, a stake in say big basket because they are they are now understanding the fact that 
it is not just traditional business but also online business that needs to be taken up right uh, why would reliance uh, or jio go and invest money in say milk basket because they really understand that these are traditional businesses but they can be done in a much faster and more efficient man manner by getting technology into it now they have done smart things by really pumping in the money uh, because uh, somebody else has done it for them and they have traditional businesses which also is a good combination of an offline or online or a hybrid business which means that somebody has already created that value and then these companies could value this business and pump in the money so long story short uh, no specific answer whether we should be raising funds or not raising funds but if you are raising funds uh, just keep one thing in mind don't run after that valuation run after value creation and the valuation and the funds will automatically really like that amit value creation then valuation beautiful punch line to remember for all startups amit that leads me to the next question which is actually a continuation of what you spoke about what after fundraising so uh, like we just discussed that there are enough companies who raised funds and still died so clearly there are challenges that you see among startups which um, which are common so what are these few common challenges which you feel all startups must address okay i think uh, i'm going to boil down to three of them which i have typically thought about the first is that uh, i think most of the startups i have seen uh, whether it is stemming from the fact that they're very very passionate about what they're doing building their product going to the market or or the gtm strategies that they're typically building Uh, they sometimes uh, do not have financial discipline and i think more often than not i wouldn't even say sometimes what really happens is they are not planning their finances so most of the startups i have seen they don't have a budget uh, which is the basic thing right so how much have i got how much am i supposed to spend how much is my how many how much are my fixed costs and how much this money is going to last me so the planning has to be there because that runway is the key because when 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 funds are in shortage you know that you have funds for a specific time only people don't really plan for that properly and that is where the maximum problem happens uh, they may just uh, become very excited and spend money on something which is not supposed to be spent and that's precisely the reason when uh, higher fundraises happen uh, there are certain uh, thresholds that are kept by the investors that you cannot spend beyond a certain uh, amount of money on certain things and that's the reason they also have business plans which they need to strictly follow so financial discipline is something that startups need to really take care of and uh, most of them really don't take care of that the second that i think of uh, are the people uh, the biggest challenge the startups are facing is talent uh, nowadays what happens you you're building a startup you have a core team which is fantastic you may be having rock stars in your team but what really happens the second line and the third now you need to attract talent because there are a lot of not only strategic but operational things also and when that happens you are trying to onboard talent you are supposed to attract talent and more important retain talent that is where the problem starts because you are not able to pay them well and uh, sometimes it is not possible to only keep them motivated by showing them dreams and and uh, have, having to take care of the aspirations etc so that those are the these are the second this is the second thing that i think is very very important that startups are uh, are lacking nowadays is re attracting and retaining talent 
and some of them are able to do that so you can call it uh, team management or man management skills uh, that really need to be honed very very critical and the third which i feel is that uh, they are not taking care uh, some of them are not really taking care of very critical branding aspects which means that they have forgotten the fact that uh, if i if i may speak in hindi and then uh, and then translate it jo dikhta hai wo bikta hai whatever you can see is generally sold so they are not really taking care of the digital marketing efforts they are not ensuring that they are present there they are not really showcasing that yes they are trying to solve a particular problem because they are just sometimes too busy as i said in 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 launching a product or working on a product i think these are the three critical aspects that startups definitely should look at although some of them are taking care of the third aspect being being present on social media etc but they are not really regular so i am a i am a board advisor at about four companies out of that i have been i have been talking about and emphasizing on the fact that i cannot see you on social media you are a b2c company you have to be seen on the social media and that is again coming from the fact that the funds are limited they think that social media is expensive and they need to really pump in a lot of money uh, the traditional advertising obviously costs a lot of money but this thing does not really cost of money you have to be very smart and you can still be seen so these are the three things that startups for sure should look at yeah so finance people management and visibility and i completely agree with you amit in fact that is the gap which i am trying to address as an entrepreneur coach i specialize specialize in helping entrepreneurs develop with their teams because zig zagler's famous quote you don't build businesses you build teams and then you they build businesses and um, I, and you know what uh, amit i've interviewed a whole lot of entrepreneurs because i've just written a book and i've chosen these four entrepreneurs my book is called create wealth by creating high performance teams so exactly what i said and all four of them the reason why i picked them up as case studies is they only spoke about their teams and they said the reason why we are successful is because we managed to attract hire retain and create a great company culture and it is because of our teams that we are successful none of them for even once said that it was because of us and this is what we did all they said spoke about was their teams the other thing that you spoke about was social media and i will reiterate what you said social media today is not expensive visibility is not expensive advertising may be but that's the next stage marketing doesn't have to be laden with advertising costs in fact i was speaking to a young startup and that startup has a a uh, followership of 137 followers on their instagram in a short period of one year because they focused on social media they said first we will create the community first we will create the platform then we will go go and give our product and validate it with this community whether the product really works or not i thought it was a brilliant way to do things so you're absolutely right uh, startups don't focus on this and uh, thank you for giving a few tips as to what they need to do and this brings me to the next question and this is largely amit for startups who come to you yeah. what is it that you're looking for on what basis will you reject them on what basis will you onboard them so amit if a startup is listening to you today they should address this and then come to you for fundraising so what is it that they need to address what is it that you look for what is it that you reject as a uh, you know as somebody who helps fundraising 
Right. Thank you so much. I think it's a great question. Uh, well, again, I don't know, uh, since the last 20, 25 days, uh, the three Ps have stuck to me and I always uh, want to tackle them with the three Ps. So in this case, the three Ps uh, will be people, uh, product and potential. Uh, the three things that we definitely look at for early stage startups when they come to us, whether we are helping them raise funds or we are investing our own money. I think uh, you have really brought out that, that aspect very nicely saying that great businesses are big built by people. And I completely agree with them. That's what you need to look at. When you are uh, evaluating any startup, the first thing which remains tangible, solid and consistent, okay, uh, which is, as I say, static, is going to be the people. Uh, I'm assuming that the founders and the team sticks together. And that is what you have to have a safe presumption about. Because the product and potential may change over a period of time when you are when you are iterating or reiterating the business, whatever you want to do. So people, the, the founders team uh, or the core team that is there, we look at them. Uh, we look at whether these people are going to be the ones they are going to translate the business plan into reality. So you have, you should have various interactions with them, not only in a pitch environment or a formal environment, but also in an informal environment. I think the real values of a person or attitude of a person is generally uh, known to you, or you can come to know about it when you sit in a very informal environment, maybe you a cup of coffee or a glass of beer. It really depends upon uh, how you want to take it forward. And, and don't do it once. You have to do it probably, you know, twice or thrice to really figure out. So even when startups are evaluated on our platform, it's not that somebody comes and pitches. We look at the pitch and say, oh, fantastic team because they are from, you know, from Ivy League colleges or from their pedigrees, fantastic. So we should onboard them. Minimum three to four interactions do happen. And uh, unfortunately, we are not able to do a face-to-face -face or a physical interaction now because uh, we are in a challenging situation or else we always strive to meet them in person because it's very, very critical that you meet, meet somebody in person and figure it out. And even during Zoom calls, etc., we ask them that at least you should keep your video switched on because we, we want to have a look at you, the way you are uh, conducting yourself and the way you are interacting with us. You know, as we always say, the eyes never lie. So we'll always see the sincerity, the, the attitude in the eyes to figure out that, yes, this person is coming across as a very genuine person or not. So, so the people, that is the most important thing. The second uh, is the product that you are building. A product can be a product or a service. I'm not differentiating. So when I'm saying a product it means a service as well. So whether that product uh, is something that you're building is solid, uh, is there a need for that product? Uh, if you have done something, uh, have you thought about adding various layers or various, uh, various features to that product over a period of time? So it really helps to understand whether the product today is, is, uh, is important, it is relevant, and how relevant is it going to stay for a long period of time? Uh, if Are you going to be getting innovation into it? So uh, I, the latest example I always give nowadays is uh, some, a company in which we have invested is an, in the electric vehicle space. What they're doing is they're building a product which can convert your normal bike, a two-wheeler bike, into an electric bike. So you don't need to buy a new bike. It's a retrofit. Just put, put the, the, the product or the engine into it and your normal bike gets converted into an electric bike. So we ask them that, what are you going to do? Are you going to be converting India's bikes, all of them, into electric bikes? He said, no, that's not the, the idea. The idea is build a retrofit. Say, do it for about half a million of them. And later on, I'm going to be having my own bike. So, which means that the founders are now thinking of the next step saying that, 
how many old bikes can you collect? So you'll have to have your own new bikes in about three to four or five years time. So this is about product and they're innovating, they're patenting their product. So it makes a, a huge difference. The third is, does the product have potential? Because what as investors uh, of startups generally do, if I were to get only 13, 14, 15% returns, I wouldn't invest in startups. I want a 2X, 5X, 10X returns on the investments because uh, angel investing or early stage investing, as you know, you're an investor yourself is a high risk, high return game. So if I am going to be putting in say, uh, say hundred bucks in it, I will want to have a thousand bucks over the, over the period of next two, three to four years. And that's exactly what we want to look at. If the product has potential and it can grow exponentially, I think that's when we will want to put our money. So the three P's uh, always stick to me nowadays. I look at the people first, then the product and then the potential. And uh, I'd love to also add more P's if you wish to. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's add a few more P's and Amit to continue with that. So you've spoken about uh, uh, the three P's which are essential that you look at. How How can these P's get represented on a pitch deck? So the reason why I'm saying this is typically when you approach um, fundraisers like you people who help raise funds and aspiring VC funds, the first thing that anybody asks for is the pitch deck. You don't have an opportunity to interact, talk or say anything because you get rejected on the basis of the pitch deck. So if I ask you for five essential slides and one slide I've seen every startup makes very well is the founder slide. They can write stories about themselves. So that exists. So leaving that aside, if there are five slides that needs, need to be done well to be able to show exactly the product, the potential, which are the other two that you're looking at, then what would those five slides be and how do they need to portray it? Again, I'm coming back to the fact that, Amit, with your talk, I want to prepare those startups who want to come to you for fundraising. Great. Uh, so just for the benefit of uh, the listeners as well and, and people who are watching as well, Uh, I do conduct a masterclass also on pitch decks. uh, And that is precisely to help startup founders uh, how to prepare a pitch deck. And trust me, it is a one and a half hour session. And for one complete hour, I only spend time on three slides. So I will come to the five, but the three slides and most of the people trust me, they, they don't do a good job of it, but they should do a good job of it. Think about the problem statement. People are not thinking properly about the problem statement. They are making a very fancy slide, but a problem statement has to be a single problem statement. It has to be one sentence. It cannot be a full story. Then it is not a problem statement. It is a story that you are trying to build. So spend time on your problem statement, not only yourself, but with your founders, with your core team, etc. So the most important slide for me is the problem statement slide, because that is where your business idea is stemming from. That's where it is emanating from. And you should be doing that. The second slide is obviously a part of it is uh, the solution. What are you offering? What is your what is on offer, whether it is a product, a service? What is it that people are getting? And how is it solving that problem? Right. So the second one is the solution. The third, how is it different from what the others are doing or if somebody else is attempting to do, which is the USP? I think extremely critical is the USP. You should definitely look at that. The fourth and very critical one again for me is the competition slide. Well, I have seen pitch decks where there is no competition slide. What does that mean? 
you are the only one okay people say there is no direct competition okay is there any indirect competition it's not necessary that if i if i'm selling a x product there is no direct competition because the features may not be the same or it, and everything may not be very very same but there are similar products or services available which can be competition to you and this is happening a lot lot in the edtech sector nowadays if you see right so these are the four ones which i think are the most important and one slide that is typically missing from most of the pitch decks which i really don't like and this is uh, coming again from where uh, i'll put a religious uh, angle to this i am uh, an ardent uh, fan and a bhakt of lord shiva and what lord shiva says if you don't ask you will not get people do not ask how much funds are they requiring because they think no i don't think so i should be asking if you will not ask you will never get it's very very clear and uh, lord shiva gives you very easily so if you will ask the investors like it they will give you the money because they are sitting here to invest money it's not it's not that they, they have an option no they have tons of money today also we have lot of dry powder in the ecosystem they are wanting to invest but if you don't ask how will you get so these are the five most important slides and rest you know uh, like you know we have the tam sam som slide and all those slides which i really don't like it does not really matter what the market is for me so the problem uh, the solution the usp and in the usp you can obviously define the moat also that how you are locking out the competition or how you have an early uh, mover advantage or an early entrant advantage in this case the competition slide and the funds that you are asking and if you are asking the funds you please let me know also how you are going to utilize the funds because if you don't ask how you are going to utilize you will never get it so sure. these are my five most important slides perfect amit in fact that last slide i would say is a absolute uh, killer slide because you have to then figure out what the expenses of your business is, uh, business are which is what you spoke about right in the beginning the financing the budgeting and then based on that you go to an investor and ask for the money so that last slide actually creates your business plan and also fixes the problem of financing for you and like you said lord shiva said this the bible also says ask and you shall receive it so i think it is there in every religion that unless you ask there is no way in which you will get so i think this was brilliant um abit i i know i've overshot but very keen to ask you one last question because you are an entrepreneur yourself so sure. what is the challenge that you are currently facing in your own business in our ventures how has this challenge changed after the pandemic what was your challenge before the pandemic and what is it i can't even call it after the pandemic but with the pandemic so i think uh, the challenge that every business of our kind typically faces is uh, on the side that we need more investors as simple as that uh, we get a lot of deal flow uh, we have a lot of startups coming and asking for money uh, but on the other side uh, as i said that india today needs 1 million angel investors to really reach a level uh, where maybe some other countries are we are the third largest startup ecosystem in the world but honestly speaking we are way behind so uh, when i when i compare about the investments that are happening in the us in china uh, in comparison to that we need a lot of angel investors and this new asset class needs to be really propagated and people like us or platforms like us are really helping people i mean educate uh, make them aware of how you can become an angel investor and how it can be very very beneficial but yes we obviously come with caveats as well saying that yes these are risky investments and uh, but 
if there are if there is madness to it there are methods to madness so i think that is what people should definitely consider so what we are doing now is we are doing a lot of things to ensure that uh, we get more and more investments investors to the platform uh, not really the people who are knowing about investments but people who do not know about this asset class at all make them aware we conduct webinars uh, we have a fantastic venture partner program we have about 26 of them in india and uh, overseas so these these are the people who help us get not only good quality startups or a good deal flow as i say but also they also help us get investors onboarded so i think yes uh, more is less in terms of uh, the investors so the problem that we are currently facing is getting more and more investors and sometimes it happens that uh, they they also are spoiled for choice because there are quite a few networks that are there uh, so they may go to those networks they may be on multiple networks so that is what we are wanting more investors and as i said that we are we are trying to typically figure out how to get them on the platform uh, and we are getting them on the platform just making them more aware and not really attracting them by any other means so amit because you said this uh, last line that there are many such uh, platforms and forums like yours what is the one thing that you would like to say over here on this channel so that investors come to you what is the one thing that you would like to say to investors that they would gain from coming to you vis-a-vis going to the other platforms or the other forums which are offering similar solutions so uh, i am not going to as i say uh, blow my own trumpet uh, to be honest with you uh, because uh, we work with all platforms and we are all we are not competitors at all we complement each other we co invest because you know finally if somebody is raising an x amount it is not necessary that they may raise on any other platform and not ours but all of us raise together but yes now since it is my company i will always want people to come here come here first and go uh, you know other places later the the three most important things that we as a platform do we uh, have a very stringent curation process for startups we have a four layer process the first being uh, the shortlisting or the deal flow team which gets it so they have a certain set of criteria which they follow uh, second uh, you know it comes to the partners which means that where even if you have a very democratic and a transparent process in form of the venture partners deciding on which deals to take or not but the partners uh, at our ventures they have that authority to reject or accept a deal so that's the second level of curation uh, we have a beautiful uh, advisory committee you can see it on our website uh, uh, amazing people from the industry and the se- and various sectors uh, having expertise in uh, varied sectors i would say uh, so deals are sometimes sent to them for getting their opinions on particular uh, mandates and then the fourth one uh, is an internal due diligence before it even is presented to the investors so the four level curation process is uh, extremely important uh, to us and in- integral to our entire process now uh, in this case what happens once you commit as an investor there is also an external due diligence that happens which means that we don't do the due diligence a professional firm will do the due diligence to ensure that everything is in order whether it is a financial or a legal due diligence even for small investments it is a possibility that investments may be of 200 or 250000 dollars but the due diligence still happens unless and until the investors don't uh, want a due diligence because they really feel the startup doesn't is is very young and the due diligence will unnecessarily waste time so the four level curation process is our first usp the second which we really uh, are happy about is the bust rate that we have 
So as you said that only 5% of the successful uh, uh, startups become successful, 95% probably are not successful, etc. So out of the 57, 58 odd uh, startups that we have on our platform uh, that are currently there, only eight have gone bust. So the percentage is extremely high. So investing money is the easiest of the things to do. But giving an exit to the investors and not and, and them not losing money is the critical part. Which brings me to the third point, which is which are the exits. We have 10 exits that we have given to investors, which are successful, profitable exits. And most importantly, three are more three more are lined up that we are going to be announcing very, very soon. The modalities, etc., are going on. So out of the 57 odd investments, 13 exits will be there. Uh, which will be profitable exits for investors. So the four-layer curation process, a very low bust rate, which is extremely important. At least your capital is safe, uh, protected, and you're not you've not lost the money. And third are the exits. Uh, the 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 proof of the pudding is always in the returns and not the return of capital. So that's that. Those are the three things which should bring you to our platform, our ventures. Thank you, Amit, and I really do hope that. Uh listening to what you just said, and especially your USPs, uh, my listeners who are there in more than 25 countries do become investors with you. And uh, NRIs from all over the world are listening to this. So I hope they all come to you and they take care of that single challenge that you have, which is bringing in investors. Amit, a lot to learn for all uh, startups and not only startups, but entrepreneurs who have been in existence for a while from what you've said. So thank you very much for your golden nuggets. Thank you so much. And I look forward to interacting more with you. Uh, and thank you for inviting me uh, here. And I, th I think we have a long way to go. Uh, look forward to speaking to you very, very soon. If you would like to be a successful entrepreneur, then I would like to invite you to join my community. Contact me through my website under the name of Kamalini Roy. That is... K-A-M-A-L-I-N-I-R-O-Y dot com. Kamalini Roy. I will repeat that for you. K-A-M-A-L-I-N-I-R-O-Y dot com. You can also choose to continue learning for free through all the valuable content I put out in my YouTube channel under my name, Kamalini Roy. If you have enjoyed my podcast, please do put out a review on Apple Podcasts. I look forward to personally reading your comments and reviews. I would also like to invite you to share your questions and challenges with me so that I can address them and help you with solutions through my podcast and YouTube channel. Thank you for listening to Successful Entrepreneurs Podcast by Kamalini Roy. Just hit that subscribe button and see you at my next episode.